Hello and welcome to another episode of The Fertility Bites with me, Lisa Ransom, perinatal and reproductive psychologist. Today I wanted to talk to a little bit about how I decided on the name for the podcast, but also a little bit about the descriptors that I use um, as a psychologist. So firstly, just briefly around the podcast title, um, I really wanted to encapsulate, I guess, more than infertility. Um, but also wanted to get across that these were small segments. I had looked at the title of Infertility Bites, but somebody else already had that. So I decided that the Fertility Bites met the criteria of what I was looking for as much as possible with a short and sweet title. Um, Working a little bit more in the different areas that I'm working in around infertility, um, pregnancy loss, Um, pregnancy after loss I felt that steering away a little bit from the word infertility was probably a better one and the reproductive bites just didn't quite have the same ring to it so there you go that's it that's how I came up with the name not very interesting but you know that's the answer I think more importantly what I wanted to talk to you about today is around those descriptors that I use as a psychologist so I think the first thing that I want to flag is in Australia, um, most if not all um, terms and um, descriptors around psychology have some form of legalities or restrictions around them. Restrictions is the better word. So for instance, you actually need to be registered and qualified as a psychologist to call yourself a psychologist. But more to that, there's sub-areas of psychology, such as counselling and clinical, that you actually need specific qualifications around. So for a lot of people, you will hear the term general psychologist or generalist psychologist or just psychologist. Um, And those, all of those are protected and regulated within Australia. And that's the broad definition of psychology that I fall under. When it comes to talking about descriptors and using different language to describe exactly what you do, the requirements under our regulating and governing authorities is that you need to have training and show adequate capacity to work in those areas. So I've done quite an extensive amount of training around that reproductive and perinatal components. So perinatal is a little bit more self-explanatory in the sense that most of us have heard different terminology around the perinatal phase or having perinatal depression or perinatal anxiety. And it's really looking at the life phase from roughly the point of conception through to anywhere between 12 months and two years post the birth of a child, depending on who you're talking to and who decides what their definition is from organisation to organisation. So that's, that's roughly the ballpark. So we're looking at people who are traveling through the early stages of trying to conceive, who are through pregnancy and in those early days post having a baby. And both, um, both parents fall into that. So this is not just an area that focus on, focuses on mothers. We also know that fathers struggle with their mental health through this time period. And so actually um, we're not excluding mothers or fathers by saying perinatal we're actually being quite inclusive in that terminology that either parent can fall into that descriptor with regards to the reproductive 
this was one that I tossed back and forwards again for quite some time when it came to using a descriptor around the title and alongside the title of psychologist. I did consider um, infertility or fertility psychologist using those descriptors together um, or one or the other. And again, I really felt that it didn't quite tick the box on what I did within my my job role. You know, what I do is quite diverse. I work with people who are, um, have been struggling to conceive but are continuing to conceive, trying to conceive on their own. I'm working with people who have transitioned across to fertility treatments through a registered fertility clinic. I'm working with people who are in the early stages of pregnancy, who are navigating uh, fertility treatments and two-week waits, working with people who have experienced pregnancy loss um, through from you know, very early stages, maybe three or four or five, six weeks when you know, a lot of people don't recognize that they're pregnant, through to people who have experienced um, late-term or full-term stillbirths and or early neonatal, so early um, in life deaths. Um, then working with people who are navigating pregnancy after loss. So I really felt that reproductive was a better terminology to utilize with all of that. But the other thing that reproductive captures, which the words fertility and infertility don't really capture, is those people who maybe haven't started doing any form of treatments or are not quite ready to conceive, but have an adjustment to diagnoses. They've just been recently diagnosed with something like endometriosis or polycystic ovarian syndrome. So these people might be aware that there's going to be some impact on their reproductive process and journey, but they're not actually at that point yet where they're taking that step. And so really by using the word reproductive, it's ca you know carrying a broader range of clientele that I work with. Um, it's taking into account people who actually, you know, by a textbook definition are fertile, but are struggling somewhere through that phase of having a child. The other group of people that I do a little bit of work with but haven't so much and it's certainly an area that I'm continuing to explore is those people who have navigated and traversed through fertility treatments but haven't had that outcome of bringing home a baby um, at the end and so are starting to navigate what it looks like to be childless not by their own choices and not through their own decision making. So again reproductive falls a little bit more into that because you know, yes, there are certainly the, the infertility box fits within that, but it's broadening out, I guess, to, you know, really step away from that association of the only person who could touch base and come in and see me is someone who has an infertility diagnosis when, you know, for so many people, they may not have something like that, but they're still navigating adjustments and challenges throughout both that perinatal and reproductive space. And the reason for choosing both of them is that absolutely there's some overlap between the two of them, but they're also two different things. You know, as I mentioned, you know, perinatal is really looking at that space of conception, pregnancy, and, you know, those first year or two of a child's life and what it is to adjust to becoming a parent. Um, whereas reproductive is taking in some of those aspects that really don't have anything to do with pregnancy or child rearing and adjustments and mental health around those areas, such as those diagnoses around endometriosis, you know, working through what that means, what that impact is, adjusting to the grief about how life might not quite look as you expected. 
So that's a little bit today around how I chose the podcast name and also why I use the descriptors. Have a great day, everyone. Bye.